Hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right inside, folks. This way, the show's about to start. Hey, what's inside, mister? What's that, son? What's inside? Oh, my dear boy, only the most wonderful, weird, amazing things your young eyes have ever seen. Like what? Tell you what. I'll let you in free of charge just to find out. Really? Sure. Okay. Thanks, mister. The show's about to start. Prepare to witness the abject horror of Pogo, the only clown turned cannibal in captivity. But don't worry, folks. You'll be safe inside. You see, he's already had a bite to eat. This is Lance Henriksen, and I'm talking to a bunch of yellow bastards. You're all listening to Spooky Flicks. Stay tuned if you dare. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 2012 October Spooky Flicks Fest. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, 1988. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Holy shit. Indeed. Indeed. Welcome to Forgotten Flicks, the 84th episode of the Forgotten Flicks podcast. Tonight we are doing Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and I am joined by a man whose clown shoes are much... just You, you could never fill them. I'm Jojo the Ice Cream there it Clown. Is. Yes, you're Jojo we'll the Ice Cream Clown. We'll give you a yes. stick, you'll give it a lick. And it'll tickle you all the way down. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. So, <laughs> how you doing, oh. Jay? Son? Yeah, I'm not going to call you Jay because then that'll really throw this whole thing off. <laughs> you doing all right? I'm doing good, man. I have waited nearly two years for this night because uh, you and I have actually you know, that was what you told me. That was what you told me that our first weekend alone together. And I begin, I think you throw that around as hyperbole and I might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> maybe okay maybe just maybe but i am excited because uh we have talked about this movie and um it is one i'm excited to finally get out at our uh in a full episode i think i may have mentioned it before one time um as a pick but for us to feature it i'm excited so not only Am I excited because this is episode four of our Spooky Flicks Indeed. Fest? Indeed. Why, why else might you be excited, my friend? Uh, because we may or may not have a very cool, very special guest Indeed. joining us this evening. Indeed. The one and only. You may know him as Jay the Dead. Many of us know him as Jason Piles, but I'm going to call him Jay for the purposes of this podcast because having two Jasons is going to just, my head may actually explode. <laughs> so, which it's so weird because that's such a rare name. It's like Jennifer or my my wife's name, Heather. That's very rare 
to hear that name. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the host of Movie Podcast Weekly, uh, and it's is it Revolutions? I know you said you didn't. I didn't necessarily have to mention it, but I want to mention it correctly. So, is it the Revolutions? It's uh, called Podcasting Revolution. That's it, Podcasting Revolution. Thank you, Jace, Jay, for <laughs> saving me, and the one and only Jason Piles. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me, Joel and Jason. I've been a fan of your podcast for a long time, ever since Dr. Shock, Dave Becker, introduced me to it. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you guys are hilarious. And by the way, great work on the Lance Henriksen episode. I was, I was dying laughing. Good. Hilarious. <laughs> Good. I'm glad Only like because that. of him, not because of us. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, the funniest part of that whole thing, not to do reruns or anything, uh-huh. but was when... <laughs> Joel was talking about his ADD. <laughs> I know was like a superpower <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> I, I I actually listened back to that when I was editing, and you know, getting everything leveled out, and I like I, I started laughing. I was like, that that was that was mainly because of Lance Henriksen's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, hey, that's like a superpower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it, that sucks. <laughs> that's good times. Awesome. awesome. So, you guys ready to get into a little killer clown action? Because I'm sure we have oh. nothing to say about this movie at all. Because you, bo- <laughs> you, like you both hate it. You both hate it. All right, so you want to cl- hit the trailer? <laughs> Please. All right. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. You see that? Something different. It's not a shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? They've been knocking them dead all over the universe. What are you going to do? Knock my block off? Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. You don't need a police bell, you need a psychiatrist. They want to play games? They're messing with the wrong guy. What are you in for? Killer clowns from outer space. It's crazy. Hello, I'm JV. You may know me from such podcasts as JV Mail, About 12 Minutes, and the video game Journey Down Chapter 1. The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film, please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film, which you can find at... Netflix streaming. We now return you to Forgotten Flicks. 
already in progress. <laughs> so let's get this out of the way right now, Jason. <laughs> or, or Jay. <laughs> Pronounce the last name of the filmmaking brothers, special effects masters <laughs> that made this movie. T-O-D-O. Now that's a treaty, right? <laughs> it is not an island in the South Pacific. It's not, that wasn't no. a treaty that we had to sign or something? No? No. Okay. I could have sworn there was something called the Kyoto Treaty. Accord. Oh. Yeah, spelled differently. Uh, okay. Is that like the car? Accord? See, I'm telling you, superpower that sucks. <laughs> so, cars? What? We're talking cars? Huh? Yes. Huh? I'm impressed that Jason knew that. I just recently learned that uh, Martin... Scorsese's name is pronounced Scorsese and not Scorsese. I remember hearing that too, Jay, but and as a lifelong lover of, of Mr. Scorsese, I've mm-hmm. always said it's Scorsese, and I'm going to be obnoxiously always saying Scorsese. Um, okay. I refuse well, to, uh, until unless I meet him, in which case I'll say, yes, sir, and it really won't matter. So, Well, my, my personal rule has always been however the person pronounces his own name, or yeah. her no name is oh. probably the way. So if yeah. you want me to say Joel Robertson, okay. Then to maybe be fair, I, I, I've I literally like had people call me Joe Robinson, Joe <laughs> Roberson, my whole life. Like I, it's like it's not that hard, people. Joel. Um, we actually Robert. we actually go by the rule. Um, we pronounce it however we pronounce it. Uh, yeah, because see, you're you're like say... a nice, polite human being. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we go, Kevin uh, Bacheldel. Yeah, Bacheldel. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're very insecure here. <laughs> this is how we make ourselves feel better. So, gentlemen, uh, Jay, I don't know. I know you're familiar with the show, but I presume this would be about the time you would normally go and make yourself like a uh, footlong hoagie and sit down, watch a football game, NFL style, three hours ish long, because Jason is now going to go into a synopsis. Jay? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> of the ready. thousands of people that listen to our show, one of them likes my synopsis. So one. <laughs> that's, called, that's called throwing you a bone, my friend. <laughs> okay, one person has pity on me. So, <laughs> so this is the story of uh, young lovers. Yes, yes, young lovers. We we have we have um, Dave and Debbie, who are pretty much making out at the top of the world. When some streaming comet comes across the sky and lands and they decide, oh, we don't want to make out anymore. We want to go look at whatever crazy thing that was crashed in the dark woods way up in the mountains. So they go off to look for said thing. Turns out, yeah, it's a circus tent. And in that circus tent are crazy clowns with nasty teeth that kill people and do all kinds of other nasties. And they go back to town to try and convince said sheriff and um, ex-boyfriend sheriff. I guess they're not really sheriffs because they're technically, they talk about the chief, so they're city police, so they're probably equals. But uh, uh, they, they try to convince the police that there are killer clowns with cotton candy guns that came out of a circus tent spaceship. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but it isn't. Not really. Um, so uh, then the clowns follow them back very slowly to town and start taking over. And they, uh, uh, coupled with um, um, Mike, the wait, is it Mike? Is the no? Mike is her boyfriend. Dave is the is the cop. Yeah, the cop. The the the, the, uh, the William Zabka. That's right. 
<laughs> reminiscent individual, yeah. Minus, <laughs> minus the douchey, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the three of them um, actually team up to try and save the town from alien killer clowns who are really kind of vampires. So um, I can't do it justice. Even my brilliant synopsis just You really left out crazy justice. straws, Jason. I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you got to mention the crazy straw. And popcorn guns hmm. and... Um, balloons that trap human beings. And the longest, the single longest shower scene that was intended to be suspenseful in the history (laughs) of cinema. Hey, lots and lots of people take 30-minute showers. Yes, because I'm sure it had nothing to do with the screenwriters trying to figure out what to do with her character for, you know, a good chunk of their plot. And, like, just keep her in the shower. And and you know I read in the trivia on IMDb it, you know who knows if we can believe it but uh-huh. they were trying to go for a Hitchcock I saw that psycho scene but I, I saw don't know that I'm like um wow uh, really guys because <laughs> if you if you had you know stayed in the shower with her which of course you know <laughs> they didn't and had you showed the little popcorn we'll get into it uh, and, and if you're new to the show we spoil it. So, and which I, I got to ask you about that uh, too, Piles. I got to know. And that's what I was calling you by your last name. Um, <laughs> okay, you got it. How, how do you guys do it where you don't, you talk about the movie? Like I would listen to, you know, some of the horror podcasts you, you did. And it's like you guys somehow would manage to really go in depth, you know, really good academic discussions oftentimes about a, a film and, and not really spoil it. I see. Yeah. Well, the way we did it on horror podcasting is I would try to talk about the actual concepts in the film, but not specific Uh, plot points. Plot points. Okay. Yeah. So in other words, what you're saying is you you would go deeper. And for those of us that like to stay shallow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying that's what you're saying. He's saying it's it's the non dumbass approach. Oh, okay. Ten four (laughs) makes a lot more sense now. So anyway, so back to the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want to talk about the plot of this thing. (laughs) Character, who needs character? Themes, screw (laughs) them. So, gentlemen. Where should we even begin with Killer Clowns? I mean, oh, we have to begin at the beginning. We have to begin at the beginning. May I? Oh, um, yeah. Don't <laughs> let our guests go. No, I know. Rude. God, really? <laughs> no, go ahead. Jeez. Go ahead, grooms. No, you got the floor. I just floor. had a little thing at the beginning I wanted to point out. Uh, and we, I know, uh, Joel, you know, I've mentioned this, but the guy that they found his glasses all encased in cotton candy, and that's when the cop actually believed. That there might be killer clowns. Mm. Recognize the actor? Uh, yes, I did. I Without had it in my notes. Well, yes, because I had it in my notes because I knew about it from when I get before I gave you the DVD. <laughs> it was Titus Christopher Titus, the stand-up comic, who had a awesome sitcom. Back yeah, in the 90s. didn't last too long. So. Yeah, but yeah, but it didn't last because uh, it was. As I recall, I don't remember if there was like a controversy around it, but I know it was it upset people because he would be a little, you know, quote unquote, edgy. Did you ever watch it? Oh, I, yeah. I've, I've seen every episode. Mm-hmm. I've seen some. I've actually I love his stand up. Yeah, he's funny. He's a funny. He's a very funny guy, especially when he talks about like his ex-wife and his dad. So. Oh, yeah. His dad. That was, the whole, that was the best part of that because Stacey Keach played his father and he was just a yes, complete yes. psycho. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was very good. Yeah, but so yes, that was I, Titus, yeah. He was funny, and and uh, it was weird seeing him so young and skinny and, 
you know, teen like in that uh, in this movie. So mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was odd. But uh, yeah, he just had a little bit part. But I at least wanted to point that out before we went too far, because I know we won't talk much about this movie. So <laughs> <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you implying? <laughs> and of I'm course, accepting and embracing reality. Uh, that's all. <laughs> oh, of course, the biggest star in this motion picture, I would say, and you can I'm sure you both can guess who you would think would be the biggest star besides the clowns, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. John Vernon. I was going to say uh, Suzanne Snyder from Return of Living Dead Part Two, but okay, we'll go with that. Uh, I was yeah. going to go with Brian Deegan Scott, the guy that played the punk that had the black suit and the hair. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he? Was he in anything else after this? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, he was in Moonlight Sonata and um, um, they're all independent films, but yeah, he was. In... <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, made for TV films. Okay, so 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 uh, so Jay, what was yes. what was Mr. Vernon probably best known for? Oh my goodness! Well, he was in um, Dirty Harry, so mm. prob- perhaps that the Outlaw Josie Wales Animal House. I was thinking Animal House because of uh, the of Dean Wormser. Was it Worm? Right. Wormer, Wormer. That was it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he's got tons tons of credits. Like he was in like a, some like 197 titles, I think. Yeah. Well, he was <laughs> in Point Blank with Angie Dickinson um, uh, back in the in the 60s, and he played. Go ahead, Jay. Uh, it's weird to see him. I mean, he's got. You could tell it's him, but I've seen him so much, like you, you mentioned, the Dean character and the Sheriff type character. That's what I see him as for my time period. But you look back at some of the older films he's been in, and it's the same facial features, but to see him as a young man, um, it's just not the character I'm used to. So it's it's kind of odd. And, and of course, he was Mr. Big, and I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> 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 I love the theme music to that. Oh, yeah. oh. That movie is I so hope they I want him to play that at my th- funeral. <laughs> you mean the, you mean the <laughs> I'm gonna get you sucker? <laughs> yeah, Dirty mother, one. don't say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that is such a good movie. Let's just talk about I'm gonna get you sucker for the next hour and a half. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. <laughs> and we when I find that Harry. little family of what? <laughs> Can we bleed into Dirty Harry a little too? <laughs> oh yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> that seems appropriate to bleed into Dirty Harry. Of course. Okay, so let's actually. I I do want to go kind of deep on this movie. I, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna say clowns. The phobia of clowns. I believe mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, but is it chlorophobia or I know it's not clownophobia. Is it? It's C L O U R O P H O B I A. Is what we say? Chlorophobia. Chlorophobia. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like the sure. fear of chloroform, but okay, I'll go with it. It's clowns. <laughs> okay. And I don't, you know, do you, are you guys afraid of clowns? Like outside of, you know, being in you know, a movie where they're 10 feet tall and eating people. Like just in general, like if you saw a clown, <laughs> are you freaked out, creeped out by them? No, I don't have a, no, I don't, I don't have a clown. Like they don't freak me out in general. Okay. I do know that, Four out of the five of my kids do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's really because daddy not. dresses up like one, stands <laughs> right. at the foot of the bed at two o'clock in the morning, and just has this fake blood running down his chin. But other than no, that... Shut up. It was not two o'clock. It was like six. Okay. So come on. You got to be up by then, if not, in your fair game. So I don't want to hear no more crying and no more weeping and no more peeing in the bed. No. It's six o'clock. You got to be up. Indeed. So, Jay, Jay, how about you? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm not afraid of clowns. Not even a little bit? So, no. Okay, wait. Picture it. You know, okay. 1 a.m., you hear I something. Got the image. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you wake up, you know, rub your eyes. Okay, you kind of get up. You, you, you know, you go to the, uh, 
the old window there and you're glancing out and across the street under a street lamp, you just see a guy <laughs> dressed like a clown staring at you. Would it freak well, you out then? Well, yeah, it's all about context, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. okay, if you're going to be technical, yes, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, typically, that's not their environment is the middle of the night. Usually I see them around, you know, lots of balloons, cotton candy, horses, okay. hay, elephants. Okay, so, you know. what, so what you're saying is, <laughs> is that when you take something that's typical to a safer, more maybe fun-loving, childlike environment, and I don't know, put them in the role of a creepy predator that that might contribute to mm-hmm. the idea. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. It depends. It depends on the type of predator they are, though. Because for me, I mean, I know that there's lots of people who don't like clowns, and that mm-hmm. it just really is a creepy thing. And I recognize that, and I do not dispute that whatsoever. Um, especially when you talk about like Pennywise and some of the other really creepy clowns. One of my favorite things to do is there's a couple people we work with that are totally freaked out by that, and I love to like go up behind them and go, they all float, Georgie. They they, they hate that. <laughs> uh, but it makes me smile. So anyway, yeah, Jason, we do work continue. with plenty of chlorophobics. Yes, so, we do. <clears throat> we do. Um, but to me, the the scariest, creepiest scene in this entire movie, and you'll, we'll probably talk about this in greater depth, is the scene where the little kid is in the burger joint. Oh, yeah, he's Amen. Just, yeah. Amen. Yeah, and the clown is outside kind of just, oh, Peekaboo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's very, very, yeah, very yeah. yeah. It wasn't Amazing. the clown as predator. It was the, almost at that point, it was more human than the rest of it. See, I would say it's, it's it. clown as potential predator and, and what he's preying on and like all the implications of this, you know, man, clown, creature, you know, trying to get this little girl to come out of the, re- yeah, that. On yeah. multiple levels, yes. is disturbing. I mean, if that yeah. was just a guy in a clown suit doing the same thing, oh, it would that have would been be, as. That, oh, no, that would have been. Yeah, that would have probably been more creepy, actually. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> but again, setting, uh-huh. not just that it was a clown. It mm-hmm. was the innocence piece that you knew was not innocent. Yeah, interesting. Well, and another thing they did that made that scene so effective is that they actually uh, dropped out a lot of the sound on the yeah, soundtrack, except the little did. creepy little music, which made it, you know, very hypnotic. So you could you could see or feel why she's why she was being drawn to the clown, and mm-hmm. then he had that hammer, that giant yeah, hammer behind, behind his, his back. back. <laughs> That's very upsetting. <laughs> Actually, you know, if you think about it too, that would have probably been the most violent killing in the movie overall. Had that happened, like the implication oh, yeah. of it, because everybody else was kind of shot with like you know cotton candy. I, mean, I guess you could you know we'll get into it, but the the sheriff you know the ventriloquist dummy bit. But you know that Ooh. you get the impression that might be after the fact, but for her. They have this giant mallet. He's going to smash her head in. Yeah. yeah. Maxwell now, Silver you... Hammer style. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> did you guys watch um, any of the extras on this? Did you get a chance to see? A long see... time ago. I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah. Yes, the, I watched some. One of the cool things is uh, John Massari, who did the, the music for this and, and has done some other stuff um, as well, including a lot of TV. He's done a lot of really cool TV music. But he talked about the, that scene in particular. And the music that they used, they went with a female chorus. So if you listen, it's like very haunting, uh, um, almost like a church chorus, slow, you know, brogue and very haunting. That's and so they particularly went for that. But they said that 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 Stephen Kyoto was actually really a little worried about that scene being too intense Mm -hmm. um, and being too over the top, you know. and, 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 And the good news is he balanced that out with the whole shower thing. 
<laughs> so, right, right. And, and, and you know what, Jason? One could argue from that scene that you just described with the music. Okay, the clown is a male, presumably, uh-huh. or appears to be a yep. male clown. Yep. The little, the little girl is female. I, I don't really think that matters. But, you know, there's no, the mother is completely oblivious uh-huh. at first. Yeah. And so you've got this, this female singing, and it almost, I don't know if it would suggest to one's like psyche or that, you know, the mother, where's the mother? Yeah. It's almost yeah. like it reminds you that there should be a, a feminine presence yeah, overlooking wa- this. Yeah, watching over her, whereas no one is, and she's going to get clubbed like a baby seal. All right, exactly. Well, but I think, you're, I think you struck on something. I think that would have been different if that was a, a little boy, and that was, you know, I mean, it would have been slightly different. I mean, I think that was... I don't know if that was intentional, but that gave it an edge that I think none of the rest of the movie had. That mm-hmm. one scene with that beautiful little girl and then the the big giant, you know, clown, it was it was not quite the same tone as the rest of the movie was. Interesting. So even yeah. the long 30-minute shower scene, not quite the same. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, I love how we keep saying it like that. So everybody who's never seen this movie, who's a little bit of a horn dog, is like, wow, 30 <laughs> minute shower scene. <laughs> yeah. Literally, it's happening off screen off camera it's not like you know yeah 30 minutes she in the gets shower, in yeah. then 30 minutes later no i take it back she gets in we come back five, to it 10 we, minutes later they check on her yeah she hope she's still in there something moving yeah from inside another, from outside the shower yeah check on her yeah five or 10 minutes later <laughs> right. she's getting out so 30 yep. minutes total probably mm-hmm. yeah. oh and then do we come back again while she after she's gotten dressed yes and, yes, wait, and then we come back again she's brushing her teeth wait <laughs> <laughs> oh, come back again. Okay. She's doing something with her nose here. That's kind of gross. Okay. <laughs> come back again. Yeah. But but for the, the horn dog audience out there, though, they do show her um, navel they, at one point. The navel, <laughs> the, the ankles, uh, her right. wrists. Right. Um, they show her, her face. Actually, her, I think they show hair. Yeah, her wet <laughs> hair. For a moment, her, her sweater is ripped, and you can see the shirt underneath. Ooh, so, that was that was pretty hot. I'm not going to give a lot. That got me going. But the other thing, and actually what's funny is there's a like a montage sequence, which, of course, it is a movie from the 80s. <laughs> so you have to. It's, it's, it was actually a law. Reagan, uh, it was part of uh, what he ran on in 84. Uh, he actually had them, the montage, montage law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And montage. Um, so... There's a scene where the, you know, which I don't know, you could barely understand what he says. The cook goes, pizza! And she opens the door. I think you saw more of her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in her sheer nighty <laughs> than you did of the uh, the main actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny about that pizza scene is one of the other things they talked about is um, they, they were mentioning when they talked about shooting some of the special effects because these heads are huge. They're they're heavy. They're they're wheel, unwieldy, kind of weird. Um, but that whole scene where the clown pops out of the pizza box mm-hmm. and then shoots a little ray gun. Yeah, <laughs> it took him like three hours to shoot that scene. <laughs> oh man, yeah. See, but- <laughs> because it never popped up right, and the box didn't come up right, and the head wouldn't come out, and the gun yes. wouldn't shoot right. And actually, three hours doesn't seem that bad to me when you're dealing with effects like that. For that one no, shot no, of doesn't because you, you you hear stories all the time, man. Especially bigger budgeted pictures. I mean, they'll spend three days, you know, just getting a, a couple shots, you know, of, of a comparable, you know, practical effect when they do practical effects. So wow. yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway. so so Jay, yes, do, sir. Do, do I I because you know. 
I, I would normally give grooms the ground of being the most intelligent here, but that was <laughs> blown out of the water. When? Whenever. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Well, normally, you normally know, shenanigans. Yeah, I, I am always complimenting you, Jason. I'm always giving you credit for everything. <laughs> and but now that uh, Jay is here, I'm going to open the floor to him because I, I would assume, nay, presume that you have notes, <laughs> ideas, topics that you would like to discuss in religious movies. I know this movie is a favorite of yours. I assume after watching it, I don't know for how many times you've seen it, uh, but again, mm-hmm. recently it still holds up for you. And, uh, you know, just want to kind of open the floor up and see what you think. Thanks. Yeah, it definitely is a guilty pleasure of mine. I remember first seeing it in the eighties on like HBO, I think uh-huh. is where I first encountered it. But now that I'm older and I've, um, I guess looked into horror films a little bit more, I was trying to figure out why I think this film still works despite the, the definite shortcomings. And, and I think there's a theme that runs through this movie. Mm-hmm. So if you were trying to narrow that down, it, and it's a slight vari- variation on a horror trope. Because like, in a lot of horror movies, the characters who tend to indulge in carnal pleasures uh-huh. or lust, lusts of the flesh, so to speak, uh-huh. they're usually punished by death. And that's, that's just common horror stuff. But in Killer Clowns, the characters merely have to indulge in the innocence of seeking to be entertained. And the best example of that is um, there's that little puppet show that oh, happens yeah. at Gazebo. <laughs> yeah. And at first, this onlooker, the guy, he doesn't really want to let himself be amused by it, you know, because he thinks it's childish or uh-huh. silly or something. Uh-huh. But then as soon as he lets go of his inhibitions, you know, he even becomes delighted. You can see it on his face. Yeah. And then the clown gets him. So I think that there's kind of an underlying philo- like ferocity in this movie hmm. because the clown is typically interpreted by a lot of people as like this harmless, child-friendly thing. But in, in this movie, it's like a fatal predator. And so I, I like that a lot. And I like how a lot of the characters in this film don't seem to be threatened at all by them just because they're clowns. And that's what I like about um, killer kid movies. <laughs> and, and, you know, anything where the thing that you're thinking is harmless is mm-hmm. actually very deadly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, even, and you know, it's, it's, I think part of what worked on that, cause I, I love that and I agree with that. And, and you know, you think about what the faces of those clowns look like and, <laughs> you know, in the puppet show, you don't see any of that. You know, it starts out with the, uh, these harmless, cute little puppets. And of course the big monster stands up, but in many, after that, many little uh, vignettes after where they're doing the shadow puppets on the wall or the one is pretending to be like one of those animatronic mannequins out in front of the drugstore. They're <laughs> yeah. Clearly, you can see their face. And those faces are not the typical face of a funny looking clown. No. But everybody is staunchly oblivious to that. Like it's it doesn't <laughs> matter that they really look like demons of some sort with clown hair. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, on a scale of one to ten, what are the chances that any of the awesome symbolism or themes that you came up with, that the Kyoto brothers were remotely thinking of that when they came up with this movie. <laughs> you know what? That's my favorite question to ask like film professors. Uh-huh. Cause I always get irritated at people reading in the films and they always told me the same thing, which was if it, if it, something can be a legitimate reading of a film, then it's there just oh, like yeah. any other kind it's, of it comes, art. I, I guess it comes more down onto the interpretation of the viewer than the intention sure. of the, the, the artist well, in that case. And, right. and I think sometimes you have, uh, you know, unconscious um, 
intention. So mm-hmm. an artist who oh, yeah. paints something, it may come through. He may not have intended it for it, come, for it to come through a certain way, but, you know, his past experiences or past, uh, um, you know, works or, or thoughts or, or feelings still comes through in it. Because I've had the same argument about um, some of my professors about some of the way that things are. How can you say that if, if specifically if the artist said that that wasn't there? But right. <laughs> sometimes it's, if it's unconscious or it's just who they are, even if they don't say I meant for this to be this, it still can be real. Kind of like our feelings can be you know, interpreted differently, even though we say they're not. I'm not angry. Right. I always talk like this. Well, and, I'm fine. And, and and communication though is a two-way street. So if a yeah. filmmaker, you know, tells her story in that medium, they're communicating through one channel, but obviously it requires an audience on the other end of that to pick up said, you know, message whatever that message may be, and there yes. is there is a, a level of filtration it's going to go through based on the audience or experiences or life blah blah blah. Brilliant. So I, I really think when you when you break that down, that's why you can always come. You can you can observe those kinds of things, and they are there. I mean, I think you know to the point. Uh, I think Jason, you made the point about the idea that you know being uh, you know not necessarily consciously intentional, but there was yeah. obviously something there to be read. It's sort of like going to the like, Friday Thirteenth type picture where. The implication of what they're doing is like, okay, somebody you know smokes a little weed, has a little sex, they're dead. So, right. you know, I I'm, I think it's safe to say the majority of people that made those movies, that was not the intention of the message. <laughs> they're like, we want to get teenagers to come see this movie. This formula works. Let's do it. But at, at the end of the day, that is, you know, there is a there is that it can be read that way. So what, I I think that's a really kind of interesting way of uh, breaking down the uh, the analysis. I like that. Yeah, Joel. And in that way, you know, horror movies are actually kind of um, self-damning or self-condemning because uh, typically, I mean, it is the very behavior that the viewer is enjoying or loving about the Mm -hmm. horror film that is being punished in the horror film. Interesting. And so, you know, I think that's interesting that um, we go to these and we love them and but but they're also critical of us yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, was it Hitchcock, you know, would you know that was obviously a, a constant theme in his pictures was the whole uh, you know, the voyeur, the the idea I, the idea of the, putting the audience I mean Psycho, I know he went out of his way. I can't remember exactly what the size of the lens was. I want to say was it 50 millimeter lens, like a prime lens that he used for the peephole sequence. Uh, spoiler mm-hmm. alert on Psycho for those that are listening and uh, where a certain character is looking at another character through a hole. I know everyone here has seen it and you know, th- but it was meant to, it was the, the only lens again that was the closest to mimicking how the human eye would see from that distance because he literally wanted the audience to be peeping in on her. Yes. Right? So he yes. was intentional about it. Literally he was, you know, there was no, you know, Oh, this is in my subconscious. I just want to tell a scary story. No, th- he was intentionally saying, Oh no, you're implicated. <laughs> And that stuff, he really got a kick out of doing that, too, because he he would just envision, I've heard interviews, he would envision the audience and kind of giggle to himself thinking (laughs) that they'd be like, oh, look at this sicko looking in on that girl. Yeah, but they're peeping, too. Yeah, they're They're checking her out. Uh Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, the cognitive, it's a cognitive dissonance, right? It's it's you're disgusted by the, oh, you know, get high and mighty about it. But um, (laughs) you're 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 watching it, too. I can't right. believe these people are slowing down at this accident. Oh yeah. my God! Look at that! Oh, accident. look at that! Oh God! Oh, let me hit the brake real quick because I want to hit the guy in front of me. I got to look at. <laughs> Interesting. 
Um, yeah, shameless plug too, by the way, for those of you who haven't checked out, we actually had a pretty cool article um, by one of the world's authority on Alfred, Hitch- Alfred Hitchcock um, recently for Spooky Flicks Fest. So if you haven't checked that out and his other stuff, because he's written amazing stuff about Hitchcock that I read and was even floored just to learn. So it's, it's Hey, cool. Jason, can I say one thing about his number 10 pick or is that a spoiler for the website? No, go for it. <laughs> go for it. Well, no, I please, because he did it in chronological is, order. So, <clears throat> well, I, I definitely want, I want your listeners to go and read it because it's an awesome, awesome post. And so I won't say what the number 10 one is. I'll just say this. The number 10 film, I'm surprised that Rope wasn't in its place. Hmm. But but who am I to argue with the world's foremost expert? So I, I you know I defer, of course. But I'm just saying I expected Rope to be in there, and I was surprised when I saw number ten in there. Yeah, so, I was just, too. Just but it's it's interesting because um, uh, I actually the trouble with Harry. I was surprised. I mean, I think that's a good movie, but I was surprised he picked that as one of the top. So uh, <laughs> it's a good article. There's some good clips and stuff in there too. So awesome. anyway. Um, so I think that, you know, going back to your, your point a, a second ago, Joel, I think that the Kyoto Brothers actually probably did really intend for that whole the harmless creature becomes the evil creature because that's what makes it scary. Um, and I'm not saying this is scary, but clowns, that's what makes them scary. No, I, no, I, I think they intended the that. They intended that. What I, I, I think what, you know, what, but, uh, Jay's point about the issue of the implication that it was people's uh, delight and being entertained that oh, was being yeah, punished. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I pretty, I think we can all lay uh, a year salary down that that was not <laughs> <laughs> thought, a, a thought that necessarily waited before it. If it was, I'm in color me impressed. I will work over the salary. So, <laughs> but, but, but you know, that theme, you can read it that way. So I would, I'd encourage or challenge the listeners even when you watch this film, which I hope you do, mm-hmm. um, because it's streaming right now on X, Netflix Watch Instantly, then um, look for that in there because the, the characters who uh, choose to be entertained or indulged, just like the, when they're watching the shadow animals on the brick yeah. wall, I mean, they just get nailed when they, you know, submit to the clown's entertainment. Well, well it, go ahead, Jason. Especially when, you, you know, one of the things I noticed this time watching, because I've seen this thing a couple dozen times, and... This, this time I was really trying to be critical and take notes and think about, you know, how it flowed. One of the things that did strike me is, you know, clearly these are uh, seven and a half foot tall monsters with guns that can incapacitate pretty much any living being uh, that's on Earth. And yet they take delight in getting them to be trapped into this thinking that it's cute and funny because you think about the puppet show you think about the uh, uh shadow puppet you even think about the little um mini clown that comes in on his bike and he's like oh stick him up stick him up you know yeah. and he puts he gets his boxing gloves what you it's gonna almost, do knock my block off right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. which <clears throat> by the way it is an amazing extra to watch all of the outtakes of how many times it took uh, them to, pop to his head throw off. the head into the trash can before it came out right. Uh-huh. So. Super boring. I thought like the, the 14th <laughs> or 16th one, I thought that one looked good. I didn't know why they just went with that, but they didn't. <laughs> Probably because they've been shooting for 19 hours straight and were completely delirious going. and they couldn't. And going. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think that it was it was it did play to that because they did that a lot where, oh, you, I'm going to toy with you. And they even would smile and cackle that they were able to trick you into thinking they're funny. 
when they could have just immediately just gone through and taken over the town and, and whatever. So I, there was there was definitely intent to that playing on that delight. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Well, and, and I really and what I and this is one of the reasons why I'm really glad all, you know, me being a snarky, sarcastic douche aside, uh, <laughs> I'm really happy to have Jason uh, Piles on with us is because. One of the things I've always enjoyed about listening to you, like when you and Dave would do the uh, the, the Academy Awards podcast and, and di- different things, is you know looking for those underlying ideas. I really I really like that because when you approach a movie like Killer Clowns, yeah. very easy <laughs> to just just be dismissive. Oh, it's guilty pleasure. Oh, it's stupid. Blah blah blah. But when right. you come at it from that angle, uh, there was a movie, uh, not movie, excuse me, a book I remember reading years ago. Uh, when I was in college, uh, called Men, uh, Men, Women, and Chainsaws by Carol Clover. I don't know if you've ever oh, read it. I know of it, but yeah. I haven't read yeah. it. Yeah, and th- this is a this woman. You know, she you wrote this very uh, intelligent, uh, you know, just academic analysis from a feminist point of view of uh, of being very pro movies like I Spit on Your Grave and Last House <laughs> on the Left. And wow. sort of all in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, she goes into as well, which I thought, I mean, yes, it's it's got a sense of brutality to it. But I don't I mean, I, I don't know if I would classify it with those movies <laughs> for the obvious yeah. reasons. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, you know, just as and I'd seen all the movies she was talking about um, at probably far too young an age. But I real I, I thought it was fascinating how she was able to take these movies that, you know, a, a lot of them just kind of made you feel very gross, like you need to take a shower afterwards mm-hmm. and really dug down into them to the point where you're like, you know, I actually, that's really interesting. It makes me almost, and I do say almost, I want to go back and revisit I Spit on Your Grave just to see, you know, if that's actually there. I just thought it was interesting that she did that. Uh, there's a more recent one by uh, Jason Zinneman called Shock Value, where he goes into a lot of the the, the sort of the flip side of the the, the brat pack of the uh, filmmakers of the 70s, you know, sort of talking about Coppola and, and Scorsese and uh, <laughs> Spielberg at all. He talks about Ramiro and Carpenter and uh, Hooper and, and that and that crew. So, you know, but the same idea that he goes into, you know, what these underlying ideas and themes in these movies that maybe on a conscious level, the filmmakers, you know, they were just trying to, you know, pay their mortgage or you know they just got a job it was just a job to them i've heard the um and i'm brain farting on his name of course i am the guy who wrote uh casablanca is it mankowitz yeah yeah mm-hmm. right and and that not like you have the poster well, i know desk. i said i can't believe i'm brain farting on it uh and, <laughs> and and but that that ultimately he was asked uh in an interview years and years later about it and it was you know, literally he was like yeah it was that was a crap yeah it was a job you know his attitude was how most of us would treat a day job. I'm <laughs> right. You know, right. it was like, you know, like plunging toilets to him. It was not, you know, he was Epstein, Julius Epstein. Oh, it was Epstein. That was it. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. And, oh, uh, uh that was yeah, that was the first name that popped in my head. <laughs> and maybe it was, maybe it was, uh, Ben Mankiewicz, who was the, the son of Mankiewicz, the screenwriter. Right. And, uh, that was on, uh, Turner classic movies. It may have been he, he who I remembered saying that he interviewed him and that was like the reaction and he was shocked by it. Uh, but, but the idea that Epstein was, you know, it was like, it was like just another thing. And it didn't, you know, his, the, the, all the, the artistry of it. Now people have, you know, put it up on this pedestal to him. Eh, it was a gig. It was a job. He didn't, you know, right, right. Was, there was nothing right. sexy, romantic, intellectual, academic about special. it. Yeah, yeah, nothing special. It was just a job. So I think <clears throat> the part of the fun of being, you know, a, a movie fan, a movie geek, what have you, 
is this aspect of being able to dig a little deeper or you can just talk about boobies so whichever (laughs) you know whatever kind of movie geek you are (laughs) which there's a clear lack of in this movie yes Joel, I was going to say in that uh, Carol Clover book you referred to yeah. about the men, women and chainsaws, that one, the, the examples you cited, at least uh, I spit on your grave and the Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, those I could see a feminist writing about that and loving those films because actually those female characters are very strong Indeed, yeah. and they're conquerors. So like. I could totally I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think you could you could make the argument. <laughs> I mean, I, I think. My personal feeling is that Marilyn Burns and Chainsaw Massacre, which is a personal favorite, as I know it is of yours. Yes. There's a lot of screaming in that movie. And she, I think her strength comes from this very primal place. I don't know. I think it's, and it's been years and years since I've read the books. I don't even remember what she cites as, you know, evidence of her, her points. But I think when you get into that character and her her ability to sort of rise above and and conquer the situation it, it seems to me it's more of this primal animalistic reaction to it as opposed to a <laughs> it's coming from you know her, her you know her her feminine core and she's you know like the 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 um uh, Keaton uh, Camille Keaton's character in I spit in your grave on the other hand she goes to town on those guys. Uh, right, and, right, right. So that's all, you know, and like same, Last Us on the Left, obviously, obviously has similar uh, issues with, you know, revenge and rape and whatnot. But, but yeah, I, I, I get, you know, I get the, uh, the, the connection, but I, I've always found like that Marilyn, uh, you know, character in um, Sally Hardesty in, I, in Texas Chainsaw to be, yeah, she screams a lot. And, yeah. You know, when you go back and really watch it and, and you know, it just uh, just a lot, <laughs> almost almost as much as Fay Ray in the original King. Yeah, Kong. almost, <laughs> almost, uh, almost. I, I can't stand Fay Ray's performance in that movie. By the and way, and pass anyway. out at everything too. By the way, so <laughs> don't just scream. You have to actually faint at everything. But yeah, but, but it, and I'm sorry. I know this is a tangent, but just the answer. Wait, what wait, you just wait, said. wait, wait. I have to stop you because we don't do tangents on the Forgotten Flicks podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I could say it was a straight face. Continue, Jay. Uh, uh, what movie did we start with? I don't even remember. <laughs> it's hilarious. I know. But I know. Well, to me, when I start discussing horror movies, it always comes back to Chainsaw. You know, always, always. But, but, um, and, and this is a, a very slight. Well, this is definitely a spoiler for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Yes. Toby Hooper version. Yeah, so, you mean the only one that matters? Continue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so heads up on that. But. Yes, you're right. She's Marilyn Burns' character screams like tons in that movie, but her like very last action is like this madness laughter. Mm-hmm. And so like, and I just wonder if that's um, you know, you know the the re- resolution of that all that screaming, and then she comes off conqueror and is laughing and almost almost in a well, I wouldn't say mocking, but there is a madness to it. Well, and I think that, but but then you could make the argument that she was weak minded and it broke her. Oh, oh, touche. <laughs> yeah, <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> yes. but that, that's how Joel I, hates women. No, no, I know. no. Man, Heather I, is not going to appreciate. You now, Heather episode. would kick my ass. Uh, no, yes, you would. <laughs> no, the 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 Sally Hardesty character, though. Um, besides having the most annoying brother on the planet in history, uh, did anybody Frank. did anybody get upset when Franklin took it seriously? Anybody was that really upset? That guy, you know, oh, Sally. Oh. Sally. Oh. <laughs> that was a good impersonation, but I, I would argue that he is absolutely necessary 
to counterbalance um, Leatherface. He makes Leatherface even scarier. He does, he, and at the same time, somewhat heroic for... <laughs> well, yeah, but like, <laughs> real quick on Franklin, because, you know, the whole time you're hating, hating on Franklin, and you're like, oh, I would not want to be around that guy. He is absolutely intolerable, right? But then when Leatherface comes in the picture, you're like... Oh, freak! Give me Franklin any day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> it's way worse. That is a good point. And 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 all joking aside, I I love Texas Chainsaw. I actually like two and uh, three. I I will admit I liked Le- um, Leatherface. Yeah, I like two. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's I think it's really um, critical, especially you know uh, tonight to point out that um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre has really nothing to do with killer clowns <laughs> oh is that what we were doing oh thanks jason Sorry. i thought this was the I boy who could... out, there are no real feminine uh, other than the issue of uh, oh i dumped steady boyfriend to go with funny boyfriend and now i'm going to put the two of them together in an in a really uncomfortable situation <laughs> where they have to go out and steady boyfriend might kill funny boyfriend until he realizes that cotton candy may in fact be a death implement well, I think there is a feminist argument to be made, though, for the scene that I would have been uh, really remiss, because that's my favorite word to say on the show. <laughs> I would have been very remiss if I didn't bring up the Jojo, the ice cream clown, and the, what was it, the Tetrazzini brothers? What, what were their names? <laughs> T- T- Tito and Mayo? What was I don't remember. It was uh, Terenzi. Terenzi, close enough. Yeah. The one guy looked like Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, yeah, he, crush it. Yeah, crush it. The one guy who's like, yeah, you know, Wine library TV, crush it. And <laughs> but but there there was a there was a probably the most sexual scene in the movie involved the um what were those uh fourth remember the popsicles you'd get as a kid that like had the red, white, and blue, the uh, bomb pops. Yeah, that's it. I think one of them had one of those. And the other uh but anyway, they got these two girls that they're keeping in the freezer of their ice cream truck, but this is gonna get <laughs> creepier and creeper as I describe it, by the way. Mm-hmm. And yes. they take Continue, the, they they trick them into coming up to the uh, top of the world, aka makeout <laughs> point. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then said females come to the front of said Jojo the ice cream truck to find out what the heck's going on as they um let's just say service the popsicles. <laughs> but they're quite teed off. They are quite angry. That they have been tricked into coming to the top of the world. And the I thought sorry Jason. No, no go ahead, Jay. I, I thought it was intentional too. Uh, did you see the actual um the popsicle, the girl who is standing on our our left. Okay. <laughs> that popsicle, the way it was um I don't know the, where the frost was and where the frost wasn't. Uh huh. It was very, very suggestive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I don't. Th- that, by the way, not an accident. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. No. That was intentional. <laughs> it was. And there was, was absolutely nothing feminist at all about that scene. And yeah, at all, actually, there was nothing. I was completely. <laughs> no, but there may have been something feminist about the scene later in the movie when said same two guys, uh, the Terenzi brothers, oh, are yeah. dropped into the ball pit and aka the clown jacuzzi right (laughs) apparently and the only two female clowns in the entire movie or for five seconds grow balloon boobs well yes i would make the argument maybe they weren't female regardless (laughs) they had inflated boobs dude i i love how wait i love how we go from carol clover and you know the feminine mystique in graphic revenge horror to inflate a boobs go ahead jason okay i'll continue um and they 
emerge from the other side with lipstick all over their oh, face. And their clothes like killed. shred. No, dude, their clothes were shredded. Mm-hmm. Yes, but there was lipstick all over, and they were quite clearly happy. Oh, it yeah, was no. not like, oh my god, we escaped these you these terrible women. No, totally, totally reminded me of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, it's his name, uh, Picardo, the one who's always in Joe Dante's pictures. Is it? It's Picardo, right? The oh, one- uh, yeah, the one that was in. Um, Is it Richard Picardo? Yeah, he was in Inner Space. He was in Howling. He's been in. Yes, he was the one that was in um, D- uh, Voyager as. Um, yes, yes, that guy. He was also in one of your one of your one of your, si- one of your Siffy in... movies that you love. Yes, he was in one of those. It was Ga- Mega Python versus Gatoroid versus yes. Hemorrhoid. Got it. Hemorrhoids. Awesome. Yeah. Picardo. He yeah the scene in Gremlins two. Do you remember with the girl Gremlin? And she, oh yeah. Yeah. That's what that <laughs> reminded me of. Um, Ro- Robert Picardo was Ro- it? Robert. That's it. Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I didn't look it up. I'm just, I'm just. So. You did just to, just to make me wrong. No, <laughs> but, but yeah. So I'm like, okay, girl clowns, and it, it was good for them, I guess. So. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and not to sound contrary, but I did have, I did have to disagree with something you said a minute ago, Joel, when you Uh-oh. talked about the women in the ice cream truck. Yes. About there is nothing feminist there. I think there could be red, an underlying. Okay, let's go. Go for it. Okay, here it is. <laughs> I, I will, I will, by the way, by the way, my go-to argument. You were impressed by it earlier. You won't be now because you realize it's what I always go to. I would argue their mind snapped, indicating they were weak. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, no. See, those two um, nerdy guys. Yes. We're totally planning to hook up with these girls. Yes. And I, I think it's notable that both the, both of the women were a little bit overweight. And yes. so I think that they thought because they were overweight, they could take advantage of they, them. They were mm-hmm. desperate. Yes. And that they would like trounce on the opportunity. And yet they did not. And to add, to add, make it even more insulting. They lured them up there with ice cream. Right. Yes. That's, no, that's exactly what they did. They said it. <laughs> yes. And they yes. said, keep your shirt on girls. And the girl said, I intend yeah, to. We plan on yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Actually you could make the argument because they, Totally take the upper hand on the Tetrazzini brothers, Gary <laughs> V and uh, Mayo. And um, yeah, I, I would go with that. And then I'd argue their <laughs> mind snapped and indicated they were weak. Yes. They're weak. So, well, <laughs> well, well played. Yes, my go-to. My go-to <laughs> comeback. Uh, so, so before we um, talk about anything else, uh, I did want to talk about... Like the, the movie? Popcorn. Are we going to talk about the movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do want to talk about the popcorn gun. Oh, yes. Um, Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's discuss <laughs> the infamous popcorn gun. So one of the things that was cool about the movie is that they they obviously tried to carry through this theme of the circus. So all of the implements of death that the clowns have are related to uh, some circus in some way. So the fact that they do the balloon animal dog that sniffs out and chases down uh, when Mike and Debbie run off and the idea that they wrap people in this intergalactic cotton candy to – I would say marinate them, yeah, maybe. Yeah, liquefy, mm-hmm. nice marinade. Yes, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they use crazy straws Indeed. to suck out the juices of these marinated. Who, who wouldn't? I mean, if you're going to suck out juices, that's how you do it. Crazy straw. Make yep. it a crazy straw. I now, mean, would you would you, would you guys say that these would? This was a the motif. Is that a fair way of putting it? The, Theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Motif. I also like to point out, Forgotten Flicks, the only podcast where you'll hear in within a ten minute window, inflate a boobs and motif. Continue. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. The only non X rated, maybe. So yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> inflate in yes, inflate a motif. Go ahead. So of course they they play this up it, it all the way to the extent of they have sort of the circus calliope uh, towards the end that is this giant vacuum machine um, that sucks up the the cotton candy cocoons um, that they've collected throughout. But one of the things that always struck me as funny is they they have this little bit scene where at one point Mike and Debbie in the beginning are in the spaceship. We learn it's a spaceship. It looks like a circus tent from when it's landed, but it's actually a spaceship. They mm-hmm. wander through. They get caught. One clown picks up this giant gun and kind of shoots at them. And it looks like somebody threw a bucket full of popcorn down a hallway three times. Because that's, how, that's goes, exactly what they did. <laughs> like, uh, next shot. Not- oh, it's going again. Wait, one more. Oh, it's around the corner. So <laughs> it's mm. And it's supposed to be this popcorn gun. But – I got to ask this, and it's funny because my uh, two of my kids watched the movie with me this most recent time. They've all seen it before, but they asked me, Daddy, are those clown seeds? Are those like baby clowns? I didn't have a good answer because when – Just like when the, they came to you about the talk, right, Jason? <laughs> I didn't have a good answer. Talk about the birds and the clown seeds. Yeah, and um, the clown mm-hmm. seeds. The clown wow. seeds. <laughs> and burger joints that you shouldn't go to. Um, so – but okay so when later on debbie's taking her super long 30 minute shower and these popcorn living popcorn things come to life in her hamper are those meant to be like baby clowns like that's how they come to life or are those i don't i don't think that's the question to be asked i don't think that's a question to be asked jason (laughs) i think the real question to be asked (laughs) can't even get out of the street wait hold on (laughs) you can't hold on Is oh, what kind of funk was going on in that hamper that <laughs> right. caused these things? Popcorn because seeds clearly, to mutate into clowns. They and have to grow in some kind of good, disgusting environment pe- because the only dish. other place that you see them <laughs> is the clown sprinkles them in a dumpster. That so is. a dumpster or your hamper or Debbie's ham- hamper. Ham- so hamper. it's where she keeps her hamsters. So I don't know where she keeps her hamsters, but. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I never caught that. That's hilarious, Jason. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Because the other shot later is, of course, the big ugly clown, the really the one with the big fat short head. Uh, he takes that handful and peppers it into the dumpster. And then when the guy comes out of the burger joint um, and throws the trash away, it sucks him in. But I was thinking, what's the parallel here? Is it, it has to be dark, dirty, nasty Debbie's places? Debbie's hamper is like a Petri dish. <laughs> I guess. Oh. But are they baby clowns or are they just what? I mean, and I just took it as they were some for some other creature that came from the same planet. So it had similar characteristics, but I didn't think it was a clown. Well, but they are the heads are the same. And so it, the, the heads and the teeth and they're they're kind of like clown. They might be they might be cousins. And if so, do you really want a clown shooting that gun on your back? I mean, right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I interpreted it as um as the uh you know the beginning phase of one of those killer clowns. Yeah, like the baby version. Right. That that's how I I looked at it. But and by the way, a little trivia on that gun, that popcorn gun really did work, and it was a real gun that they had made, and I guess it cost them seven thousand dollars to make that gun. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Money well spent, right there. Oh yeah. yes, for <laughs> what six seconds of shot. Um, that's that how great. it worked. <laughs> yeah yeah so that was funny if you listen to the the um uh, extra commentary on the dvd they talk about that and at one point one of their they had an artist do the gun and one of their effects guys came and said you know i 
really could have done that gun for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. And that's about what it was worth. Uh-huh. And, yeah. but, you know, like, I, I, I still say, I think the popcorn gun was probably the scariest, the second scariest aspect after the creepy clown outside the diner. Because um, I don't think the guys that we can underestimate the perils of popcorn. Because did you know there's an actual article um, on HowStuffWorks.com where they've actually identified that popcorn could be potentially dangerous to people? <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> this is a true story. It says um, that some doctors and consumer groups are kind of concerned about this chemical that they use in microwave popcorn that gives mm. it its buttery flavor. And it's actually a serious health hazard that can lead to this lung condition called popcorn lung. So, <laughs> so the popcorn is pretty ferocious, actually. Um, and, you know, if you don't mind, I have a quick story about this. I actually experienced popcorn lung myself. Did you? <laughs> I'm serious. Now, is this, is this sort of like when you get that little piece of the kernel caught in the back of your throat and you're like, oh, <laughs> and you can't I, cough it up. And you're like taking your I tongue. You're that. trying to, you know. What you described right there is the human experience. I mean, I've God. had that too. I hate that. But, <laughs> but no, this was, um, it was 1995 and my college buddies and I, we went to see this uh, Sigourney Weaver film called Copycat. Okay? Oh, with Harry Connick Jr. Right, right. Nice. Good job. Yep. And wh- one of my buddies was this guy from Puerto Rico. His name was Omar. And I got stuck sitting on the end beside Omar. And I didn't really want to sit by him because I had this belief that he was kind of a a gassy guy. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. But because I was on the end and I was stuck sitting by him, I didn't want to just get up because I knew my obnoxious friends would start accusing me of being racist against, <laughs> uh, you know, Puerto Ricans or something, which I'm not. And so, forgotten flicks listeners, if anyone you, out there... No, you re- just are a fartist. <laughs> right. I got it. Right. Well, here's the thing. As we were watching this copycat movie, I started smelling this really strong popcorn aroma. But the thing is, it was kind of turning my stomach a little bit. And so I just kept telling myself, you know what? This is popcorn. Popcorn's good. Just take it in. So I just started taking huge, deep breaths of it, trying to overcome this aversion. And when we were walking out of the theater at the end, you know, each person was commenting on the film and they were saying things like, I was cringing the whole time. And another guy said, I was nervous the whole time. And then freaking Omar says, I was farting the whole time. (laughs) And so... So, uh, popcorn's scary business to me. Uh, wow. Well, first off, I, I, that's interesting. So, a Dutch oven with Omar would be like, I don't know, being like, you know, Jiffy Pop on the stove or... Uh, yes. Horrendous. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, that was my little story moment about popcorn lung. <laughs> that's actually, that was a good story. I'm going to, I was, I was, I was going to hold back i was reticent to tell this story but i'm going to do it because it's one of my teaching stories and i know how much uh, jason grooms loves these and i don't think i've ever i don't know that i've ever told you this one jason i don't think i've told it 18 times on the podcast before maybe i have i'm sure you'll tell me if i have i was teaching i i was teaching video productions and we were i was working with the kids i was a sixth grade group and we were it was around halloween time and i was going to give them the project of like making like a really short you know two to three minute long little horror movie that'd be fun okay Mm-hmm. so we we put them in groups there's like three groups you know class of like 20 something kids in it and they each came up with ideas themes like okay this group is going to do one about a vampire and this group is going to do one about a scary house and this group thought yo it would be great to do one about a clown 
And I was like, oh, yeah. And like, I kind of got into it. And something got brought up about you know, Pennywise. And I'm like, you know, really getting into this. And I noticed this one kid has got this weird look on his face. I was like, hey, hey, buddy, you all right? And this is very, he was small for his age, super cute kid, super sweet kid. Not a, you know, not a problem kid, nothing like that. He just, you know, he kind of looks at me, he goes, my mom's a clown. Oh, no. And keep in mind, just spent the last 15 minutes talking about how freaky they were, how, how awesome their little horror movie would be with a clown, how they could do it to make it really scary. And and he looks at he, he's got these big just these big eyes and tears coming out of his face. I was like, what? I was just kidding. <laughs> They're not scary. <laughs> so long story short, I somehow in a really disturbingly Machiavellian sort of way convinced him that I was only joking. And that it turned out not only was his mom a clown, but had like access to like all these different costumes and could get him one where he could dress up as a giant bunny rabbit. So in order to placate him and avoid the potential lawsuit from mom, I said, sure. Now your horror movie is going to be about a giant bunny rabbit. (laughs) Because that's not disturbing or mentally damaging to him in any way. No. And (laughs) And he brought it and did it. And uh, it was all good. And I kept my job that year. So and folks, <laughs> and folks, that's how Donnie Darko came to be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, actually, yes. <laughs> Richard Kelly was in my class. I uh, it's it's a little known fact. He I helped, was. I helped shape that little kid. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So, well, well, talking about real life clown. Here's the thing. I wondered if there if there were actually killer clowns. So I did a little Google search on this. Because I wanted, I love when horror is rooted in reality because then it's the most freaky to me. That's, that's what's scary to me about horror films mm-hmm. is when it could actually happen or it has happened. And there was one killer who was referred to as the killer clown, and that's John Wayne yep. Gacy Jr. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's dressed up like a clown all the time. And, um, and, and in fact, a little callback to your intro. Oh, you, know, you caught it. Good boy, Pogo. Jay. You caught it. That was on purpose. I did that on purpose. That was brilliant on your part because yeah, that he his character that he created was Pogo the clown. Yep. So very, so very we'll, nice. Yeah. Well played, my friend. I, 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 no one's <laughs> me, no one's mentioned that, and no one has caught the little old fashioned song that's playing in the that's supposed to be playing in I guess his little haunted house that he's in. It was a, oh. it, it's a throwback to a a movie from the late eighties that is a particular favorite of mine. Do you ever see Lady in White? No, I haven't. Oh, you've never seen Lady in White with Lucas Haas? Oh, you'd love that man. It's good. Okay, it's, I'll it's, get on it, brother. It, it's a creepy. It's a, it's a PG thirteen movie. It's I, it's a horror movie. It's a ghost story, but it's not that kind. It's more of a sixth sense creepy than a you know. It's not horror awesome. horror. So, but it's a creepy movie. And there's a song that I don't want to. I'm not gonna say anything because it's a major plot element that that is whistled and sung throughout the movie. That is creepy. And that was what I I sampled mainly because it was public domain. <laughs> <laughs> other, other than, of course, and I and I neglected to do this earlier. Then uh, the the wonderful tune that Midnight Syndicate uh, allowed us to use there at the at the beginning from uh, their their song Lullaby. Uh, I use that sort of at the beginning and the very end, but the uh, the one in between is a uh, like a, from the thirties. Because I'm sorry, you listen to some you know old record playing on a gramophone. I really don't care what it is; it's creepy. So <laughs> especially right. if there's a potential cannibalistic clown lurking around. Totally. So, gents, on that note, are you ready for a little uh, movie pick action? 
Well, I, I had one last oh, thing I wanted to get on, in on screen. Come on, Are we still one on the thing. synopsis? And, and I no. did too. Okay, okay, fine, <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, where this movie was filmed is specifically the whole Miami Boardwalk Carnival scene. Miami, right? Mm-hmm. It was filmed in Santa Cruz. Oh, the oh. Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Uh oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, Thou we've covered another movie. Not kill. <laughs> it's made the year before at the same boardwalk um hold on don't tell me don't tell me that would have been 1987 lethal weapon no back to the beach no uh, no <laughs> yeah <laughs> is it funicello i loved her <laughs> no it was where the lost boys oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> So that's nice. my last thing. Jay, your turn. Oh, that was Go definitely worth last... keeping us going for, Jason. Thanks. It was. <laughs> this, this one probably isn't worth it either, but this is for movie trivia fans. I really think that Killer Clowns from Outer Space owes a lot to the 1953 sci-fi film. It came from outer mm. space. I mean, it borrows a ton. I mean, there are like so many parallels there. I watched it recently with my boy. And here's just a little side note, which is why I wanted to throw it out there. The aliens in that film, 1953... They actually look pretty bizarre, and they're not the usual humanoid-looking aliens, so that's kind of cool. And then it's one of the few films in film history where the aliens are neither like um, aggressive mm-hmm. or kind toward humans. They're just kind of indifferent, so that's mm-hmm. kind of neat. Now, is, is that, now, I'm trying to visualize. I'm maybe I'm thinking of It Conquered the World. Is that the one where the alien looks like a plant of some sort, like it, it almost like a radish? <laughs> or uh, <laughs> I, they, no. I, I may be thinking like it conquered the world or a different. Yeah, it's a. I, was this a, I was it, a even... it wasn't like a. I mean, not Corm because I've been too early. I don't think. It was no, there was a Jack Arnold directed it. Okay. and it starred Richard Carlson and Barbara Carlson. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So if you, I mean, it's not super entertaining and the pace is really slow, but I mean, there are so many parallels to Killer Clowns mm-hmm. that it might make an okay double feature if you're That's into cool. film history. Yeah, and, so. I, and obviously, you know, you can. You know, touch on movies like uh, original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and there's a lot of other, uh, you know, sci-fi from that era that had similar tropes. You know, with the the alien invasion in the small town. Um, most- well, and if you even look at if you even look at the um, the uh, poster art for Killer Clowns, they even kind of used a, mm-hmm. um, a similar font to you know, kind of an old drive-in font. Yeah, well, and totally. do you, what was do you remember the original tagline on the? I believe it was the VHS box. On this one, mm-hmm. are are you talking about um, in space? No one can eat ice cream. That would be the one. <laughs> that yes. is cherry yes. right there, buddy. Send up, <laughs> send up the alien. I yes. love that. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, actually, a, a movie. Another movie came out the same year, and I'm sure uh, Jay, you've seen this. Uh, Jason and I did it in an early episode, but we thought it held up exceptionally well. Was the Blob from '88? Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as remakes go and and uh, as small town alien invasion-y type movies go, it was uh, top notch. And of course, the other uh, connection, and I would really be PO'd if I'd forgotten to say this, Suzanne Snyder, who played Debbie, was in another movie we covered that also involved a object from space crashing to Earth and shenanigans ensue that has a sense of humor. It's far gorier than this motion picture, but came out a couple years before. Jason, do you remember? Well, she was the girlfriend in um, um, Weird Science. Yeah, she was, but that's not what I'm thinking of. This was the a Ferrari movie. one, uh, the Ferrari scene. I thought you were going 40. I was only going 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, 
uh, wasn't she? <laughs> it's a bit. I mean, she was uh, like an extra. I mean, she was she was like a glorified extra. She had just a couple lines. It wasn't. I don't think of space movies we've done. I don't remember. It was a horror I movie. I remember Weird Science. Night of the Creeps. She was one of the co-eds. Oh, that's it, right. Especially in the, in the greatest, yes, in one of the greatest asking. scenes ever, yep. ever. <laughs> yep. I got good news and I got bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. Oh, <laughs> that's just classic. <laughs> right. I love that. Oh, she was a cheerleader in The Last Starfighter, too. So. Oh, yeah, was it was uncredited, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Which I don't remember her in that. I'm sure it was just an extra. And she was in <laughs> Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Have you guys seen that? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Get that damn screwdriver out of my head. Oh. <laughs> that's classic. Uh, uh, geez. <laughs> see that that was worth delaying us for. So that my well, friend was ADD. Okay, right. And, and 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 speaking of variations on the alien tagline, uh alien to the third power, like I, I like to call it alien cubed. Oh yeah, alien cubed. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> Before they uh, changed it around and stuff, when, when it was set on Earth, when it was going to be set on yeah. Earth, the original right. tagline was going to be on Earth, everyone can hear you scream, which we, I love. Yeah, that's a great, that is a great tagline. Oh. I, rem- I remember that and I remember being utterly disappointed eh, when, I went, when I went to see, well, and in the moment I really was disappointed is when Ripley's standing there and she says, they they think you're nothing. They think you're. I believe she said crud, or crap. And it was just the way. It was like I, I, I'm not saying she had to use an expletive just for its own sake, but I'm like, you're on a prison planet, and you've got <laughs> an alien hurt. that's going to eat you. And it's just the way. It's like, hey, they think you're crud. What? <laughs> Almost as bad. Here we go. Add time, kids. Almost as bad as uh, Forrest uh, Whitaker in Species. The psychic mm. going on to the train, <laughs> this cocoon of bloody mess, dead, you know, corpse on the ground. Something bad has happened here. Wow. Thanks, genius. Needed your psychic <laughs> powers for that one, because wow. <laughs> Understatement <laughs> of the year. Yeah, would have totally <laughs> missed the, the flies around the corpse and the bloody mucusy cocoon thing that broke open. <laughs> yeah. So you guys ready for your picks? <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. So, Jay, what yes. is your movie pick or unless you have multiple ones well you guys were killing me with this one it was it's very tough because it was kind of slim pickings because maybe this movie killed everybody's movie career but anyway speaking of uh, ripley <laughs> or sigourney weaver yes i'm coming full circle here with an old screenwriter trick with the setup and payoff so nice my early uh popcorn story was the setup Ooh, here's the oh. payoff Okay, so the stunt coordinator for Killer Clowns from Outer Space uh-huh. was Rocky Capella. Okay. So this Rocky Capella guy, he's worked on a ton of films, but in 1995, he was also the stunt coordinator on a movie called Copycat. Ah! Oh. <laughs> this movie I saw with the popcorn Puerto Rican Omar. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who farts popcorn. Right. Orville Redenbacher, eat your heart out. <laughs> so the copycat was directed by uh john emile is that oh, yeah. how you pronounce it i believe it's emile yeah okay and he's he also did like the core and entrapment mm-hmm. and um, so it stars sigourney weaver holly hunter dermot mulroney and uh-huh. as you said harry connick jr yep and mm-hmm. so like for your listeners out there uh this is what i was thinking when i picked this if hardcore horror is a little too much for you this halloween season then i might recommend this one hmm 
little crime thriller. Mm-hmm. And so um, here's a brief, I'll just give a really brief premise. Sigourney plays this uh, criminal profiler who's kind of confined to her apartment because she's agoraphobic. Mm-hmm. And she gets involved in this mind game with this copycat serial killer who recreates the murders of some of the most infamous serial killers in history. So I'd say it's not life-changing, but it's a decent film. It's kind of fun. I'd probably give it a rental on it. And um, Roger Ebert gives it three and a half stars if that's any, you know, holds any merit for you. So if you, if you dig like Seven and Silence of the Lambs, then it's kind of in that same vein, yeah. but not quite as good. Yeah. It's I, more like the, the Bone Collector or Striking Distance, except maybe a little better than that. I would say it's better than those two. I've seen yeah. all, I saw all, the, all three of those at the theater, and I, and I would say, yeah, it's, it's definitely better than those two. Because it was right around that time, because Seven came out, and there was this space that was... Actually, I think most of them were influenced by... Uh, this copycat seemed to be more influenced, at least stylistically, like The Silence of the Lambs. Like, that had come out in 91... Right. So I think that after that, I remember there was a spate of just serial killer movie after freaking and they weren't horror serial killer movies. They were more kind of a crime thriller. Like Mm -hmm. if you took the law and order SVU and amped it up, you know, Uh, (laughs) so. So, yeah. And honestly, I haven't seen copycat since it came out. And I just remember without because I don't want to give it away a certain killer character in a bathroom stall. And like I'm thinking that was the end of the movie. And I was like, that's seriously, that's like my memory of it. <laughs> so I, I, I would, I, I, that might be a, a one to revisit um, per your recommendation. I think that's, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's decent. I don't want anybody to you know, get their hopes up, but it, it's worth watching. Yeah. I mean, if you like, you know, a good serial killer movie of fun, you know, just think about popcorn. <laughs> fun killer movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fun, you know, popcorn farts and <laughs> unicorns. Excellent. My friend. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Grooms, if you picked Twilight or <laughs> or I'm trying to think of another movie you've picked recently. The Hunger Games? I was going to pick The Hunger no, actually, Games. Hunger Games. I, I, was, I like that. That was a good movie. I like The Hunger Games. It was, pretty, it was all right. It's all right. Um, a little long, but I liked it. Uh, I know. Uh, no, what was the, what's the one I was going to totally bust your chops? I think you picked. Oh, The Right Stuff. I think you've picked that like three times. I know I know Becker picked it one time when he was on. but Right pretty, Stuff? No, I haven't. The Right Stuff? You haven't picked that? Never. I thought you, what was, there was a movie you always, was it Xanadu? (laughs) (laughs) Don't bust on Xanadu now. Oh, back down. Yeah. (laughs) Ladies and and gentlemen, I'd like to give you the man who hated on Frozen and Assault on Priestly 13. He loves (laughs) Xanadu. Oh my God. I rest my freaking (laughs) Oh my God. Olivia Newton-John, total hotness. Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with you? I know. <laughs> Roller skates and an eighties hottie. Come on. Okay, well now that now, yeah, but Billy. that's that's one thing. That's like that's okay, yeah, we all agree on that point, but you oh the movie's good. No. Yeah, the music was good. Oh god. <laughs> I really don't remember much about it except she was hot and I liked that song. And you so, were, and you were on acid at the time. Okay, so what's your pick, Jay? Most likely. Yeah, I went with something a little dark. I picked 1993, uh, something that uh, Royal Dana was in. He was the, the redneck in this. It's a Stephen King. Um, oh, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm busting your chops. I will never Actually, tell you my one. pick early again, ever. <laughs> I did pick a Royal Dano. Um, but what I recall him from, because we've talked about this before, I'm, I'm a fan of some of the old westerns of the 70s and, and early 80s. Um, and you've never really watched them, so we definitely are going to cover some later on. 
um, in the show. There's a couple we've talked about that are kind of iconic beyond just Young Guns that we covered already last year. But this movie I actually picked because not only was Royal Dano in it, who in Killer Clowns played the kind of stereotypical, you know, backwoods overall wearing guy with the um, hound dog that goes out to find his, you know, he's going to be rich because he found a meteor. Haley's Comet. <laughs> He was Roscoe um, P. Coltrane yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was he was Stephen King in Creepshow. Yeah, Beryl Jordy wasn't that the. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but also no. This I I picked from 1976. I picked the Outlaw Josie Wales, the Clint Eastwood uh-huh. flick, but it also stars John Vernon. Ah, um, nice. Um, it stars both. So this is actually uh, directed by Clint Eastwood, stars Clint Eastwood. It's a Western where he is a, a vet from the Civil War. And at one point when he was uh, in, in the war, um, his, his colonel is trying to talk them all into surrendering because the war is close to over. But um, uh, Josie Wells won't. And when he refuses, he kind of leaves the group. Well, it turns out the whole group is massacred because it was all a trap. And um, Clint Eastwood's character is the only one that knows it and so he becomes an outlaw they put a price on his head and go hunting after him he seeks redemption by trying to help out these uh, folks that are traveling out west um, in the time period and Vernon plays that colonel trying to hunt him down and uh, kill him and then of course uh, Royal Dan is kind of the same, same stereotypical um, character in it but it's a really good one it's a, it's a fairly understated um, Eastwood cowboy flick it's not my absolute favorite of his but it is one of the better ones and it's one i i actually love that clint eastwood directed um because it's 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 very subtle but it's very strong you know there's it's not uh overstated or overdone so it's a good one but it also starred two of the same guys from uh killer clown so i had to I had to throw that one in there. And what, Brother, I'm backing you. Okay, that's good. And, and, and I will say what I really love is how it totally ties into the whole horror motif of October Spooky Flicks Fest, Jay. <laughs> I could, well, you know how hard it was to get that out without laughing the whole yes, time? It was so hard. There was killing uh, and that, guns. Oh, that's true. And guns are scary. <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel like a, maybe this will give me some Forgotten Flicks cred. Maybe not. But okay. I almost picked that one, but I thought, no. One of these two guys is going to pick that because it has both Vernon and Dano in it, so I better pick something different. Oh, and you thought this is a Spooky Flicks Fest episode, so it kind of makes sense to pick something that's got a horror angle to it. <laughs> right, but just to, just to back Jason on that pick, just I mean, because the last time I um, saw Jay, that... Jay, don't, I, don't take his side. He hated too Frozen. Late. He hated Frozen. He, ha- he wanted her to I, die in the end, my friend. I am mad at him okay, for well. not liking Frozen, but um, <laughs> we can address that if you want. But but with Outlaw <laughs> Josie Wales, I even remember the last time I saw that. It was Christmas Eve 2007. And I mean, that's that that's impressive wow. if a movie sticks in your mind when you watch well, it. Well, so. I don't know if you're going to cringe and this takes away any cred, I, which I never had to begin with, uh, but I've never seen it. Well, and it's not the biggest Eastwood. I'm not a, I, I, I was not a big Western fan when I was a kid. I've gotten more into them as I've gotten older, but I was yeah. not. I need to. Re- that's a genre I think I need to revisit more. I've seen Stagecoach, but that probably gives Good. you more of the. That gives you more of the. I took a lot of intro to film classes in college. <laughs> uh, cred. So, well, Stagecoach is great. No, it's yeah. a great movie. Absolutely. The Searchers. Yes. Young yes. Guns too. <laughs> I'm a cowboy. I want to steal a horse I ride. Okay. <laughs> Great pick, Jay. Great pick, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
Young Guns 2. I'll have that in the show notes. Okay. Start with Pale Rider, then mm-hmm. go into uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. And Silverado. And- <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a Clint Eastwood marathon, a Clint Eastwood cowboy marathon one of these Which days. Which we, we will mark that day down because that would be the fewest downloaded episodes. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I can't. Uh, oh! I, I was going to be on the shit show, but now I'm not. <laughs> I cannot wait for that episode. I, I'd love to hear you guys do that. As one of your listeners, uh, I'd love to hear that. Okay. Forget it. It's not going to happen now. Smart as he ruined it. That's it. Oh, man. I'm calling Clint and I'm canceling. Oh, no. It's not because of him. It's because, you know, I'm just thinking. Of course, I, I believe I gave you a bunch of crap about Young Guns and it ended up being like one of our most downloaded shows. Yeah, one of our most downloaded shows. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to download about a Western. <laughs> I think I think the listeners should send Joel obscene emails and yeah. tell him. Oh, that's that's par, they, that's par for the course. Why'd you tell him to do something different? Like send me a nice one. <laughs> well, Joel, you you just have been relegated to my second favorite Forgotten Flicks host. Got it, got so. it. <laughs> sure, sure. Yes, that's two. Um, he hated Frozen. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, <laughs> you're both my second favorite. Okay, so. that, that makes more sense actually. Okay, gentlemen, my pick. Yes, it's apparently, apparently I'm the uh, the main one that got the memo about this being a horror episode. <laughs> An episode after. I really don't get why that guy who gave us the one star said snarky. I just don't get it. The one one star review, it said snarky. <laughs> I don't get it. So yeah, yes, he listens. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so I picked from 1993, Jason, The Dark Half by George A. Romero, based on the novel hmm. by Stephen King. I picked it. Because, quite frankly, the only connection was Royal Dano, and I didn't pick a uh, Stephen King-based movie last week. I was going to pick Graveyard Shift about the killer rats, but uh, I didn't go there. <laughs> so, I picked The Dark Half. And if you don't know the story, it is the story of writer, which is really weird in a Stephen King novel, by the way, for a protagonist to actually be the writer. That's really <laughs> weird. That never happens. So, it's not very common. Yeah, it's not at all. Uh, Thad Beaumont, played by Timothy Hutton. Uh, he is a novelist, and he has been uh, writing other novels uh, using a pseudonym, uh, George Stark. And of course, this parallels in real life. Stephen King wrote under the name Richard Bachman for many years, and several of the yeah. books he wrote, I guess, are viewed as being a little you know, harder edged and a little more you know, meaner and nihilistic, which, I mean, yeah, I, I guess they were. Some may even argue less, they weren't even written as well <laughs> as some of his other stuff. But uh, so in the story of the dark half, Thad symbolically kills off George and even has like a funeral for him, the whole nine yards. Well, it turns out that George Stark doesn't really appreciate being buried and he comes back. So there's this whole idea. It's kind of got a ghost story vibe, doppelganger kind of thing going on, but uh, there's some other, other elements. And, and he of course starts to try to tear, you know, true Stephen King style, tear Thad's life apart. Uh, it's got a fantastic cast. I, 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 I mentioned uh, Timothy Hutton plays Thad. He's also George Stark <laughs> and uh, Amy Madigan plays the the wife of Thad. Uh, it's got Julie Harrison, Robert Joy, uh, the the lady who you will recognize as uh, in, I think, every Yann de Bont film. I know she was in Twister um, and she was also in Speed. She was the lady uh, in the bus uh, screaming. Her, her name is oh. Beth Grant. She was also, I think, the um, I don't remember who she was in Twister. I'm pretty sure she was in Twister as well. But anyway, it's got a great cast. But most importantly, it has say hello to your old friend Merle. Michael Rooker's in it, people. <laughs> Michael, Michael Rooker. freaking Rooker's in it. Now it's not a huge party. Plays a, like a 
sheriff deputy type. But uh, yeah, it's it's a I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I remember really liking it. And I read the novel when I was in high school and, and I really liked it then. Um, I also wasn't I didn't discriminate on the kinds of horror movies I liked then. I liked all kinds of horror movies. I wasn't picky. So uh, but that being said, it's a George Romero movie that doesn't involve zombies. Well, actually, yeah. Uh, eh, maybe guess, kind eh, of kind of a little bit a little, yeah, kind of a, a zombie-ish <laughs> element to it you know, people you know, right. parts falling off of them and stuff so uh but it <laughs> you know it's he it seems like romero every once in a while do these studio pictures like you know was a monkey shines and he did um i love that one yeah and uh, bruiser jersey bruiser no i haven't actually seen that Is uh, it good? yeah yeah uh, i wanted it to be better than it was <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's an interesting idea Uh, uh, my second pick for tonight is uh, uh, (laughs) Jason Fleming uh, plays a character who he basically his face disappears he goes it's like a white blank canvas and he goes on this killing spree and and it's it's meant to you know and kind of Romero style there's a social subtext to the whole thing Uh, so it seems like though everyone's going to do these movies that don't necessarily derive you know straight from him obviously Creepshow and other you know King uh, property he worked on but I, I think dark half of all the probably higher end slicker pictures he worked on this is in my opinion one of the better ones so anyway dark half 1993 mm. that is my pick it reminds me uh, a little bit of you stole my story oh yeah 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 oh that's <laughs> yeah. right yeah yeah secret, yeah, secret window. window with johnny depp yep mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff awesome and john Turturro, right isn't he the one that yes does the you stole my story yeah <laughs> <laughs> Good well, stuff. Uh-huh. Awesome. All right. So, gentlemen, I think this uh, wraps up the 84th episode. Next one's 85. We're 15 away from 100, Jason. Did you ever think you'd see the day? Uh, I don't know if I will actually live to see the day uh, if I keep doing this show. But, yeah, that's yeah. true. We'll see. That's true. <laughs> So we want to thank, of course, uh, we'll go through the litany and then, and then we'll finish off with our wonderful guest. But JV, awesome. I know we've used the exact same one with my rather lame attempt at a Crypt Keeper voice. Thank you, JV, for that kick-ass spoiler <laughs> alert. And to our buddy Kevin Spencer, as per usual, awesome art, awesome times, awesome loving. Yeah, don't forget, you can also check out our Spooky Flicks Fest artwork that he did on um, Zazzle.com slash Forgotten Flicks gear. Slash buy a shirt. Uh, yeah, shirts, <laughs> magnets, all kinds of crazy crap with Kevin Spencer's artwork. And yes, when we sell a couple, we'll give him a cut. <laughs> yeah, he'll get like 34 cents, which is yes. twice as much as we get. Which, yes, he'll get it all. Yes, Zazzle actually gets it all, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> so, of course, you can find him at inkspatters.com. JV is at jvmail.com. And thank you, of course, to Midnight Syndicate for the use of their music. We greatly appreciate that. And their movie, The Dead Matter, I believe with by the airing of this, it will have come out yesterday at Redbox. So it's available there, ah. Netflix as well. So check that out, The Dead Matter. And, of course, of course, <laughs> I want to say thank you to our buddy, Jason, a.k.a. Jay of the Dead, Piles, for raising the IQ of this show <laughs> to at least 85. We were almost to Forrest Gump territory. Now, that's actually a compliment to you because we were negative before you got here. Right, right. We were, you know, so you added at least 162 points um, to <laughs> what we had. Well, thanks, you guys. And I was going to tell your listeners real fast, if you're all right with this, um, there's a movie right now streaming on Netflix. Okay. 
It's called Primal, right? It's, it's from 2011. What's it Australian called? You broke, you broke up a little bit there. What's it called? Sorry. It's called Primal. Okay, Primal. It's an Australian film from mm -hmm. 2011. Okay. I watched it uh, the other night, and I had such a good time. So if you're going to have like a bunch of friends over to your house, and you want to get some reaction out of them, check out Primal. Okay. It's very I, I wrote enough. it down. I'm going to look it up. Seriously, do that. And then the other one is if you want an old school slasher, uh, you can do Alice, Sweet Alice from 1976. Okay. That, that's an amazing movie. Is that the one with Brooke Shields? Yep, it's her first okay. role, and she's a little kid in it, actually. But, yep, absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah, and, and actually, if you are a slasher fan, these gentlemen, I was honored to have written a top 10 slashers of the 80s list, which is on Forgotten Flick's website. Yes, there, <laughs> yes, there is. There, there are two posts. It's, uh, it is fantastic. And I will say, kudos to you, my friend. I thought. Even though there, you know, there's a lot of like straight to video type schlock from the 80s that I never saw, but I would like catch bits of it, or I would, certainly would remember the box, you know, like when I'm, right. you know, skulking around the the horror section of my local, you know, armchair theater or whatnot. And I swear there was a few on there. I'm like, he he photoshopped that and made it up. There's no way I've never even heard of that. It was the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the nail gun massacre. That was one. Uh, I, I was like, uh, which, by the way, was that, was that it was a nail box? Was it nail gun massacre? Was that what it was? Yes. Yeah. It, oh, yes. And I totally uh, went out and was watching the trailers for these to get, you know, to get it all out there. <laughs> Dude, you've got to watch the trailer for nail gun massacre. You don't oh. even have to watch the movie. Just yes. the, the, the clip. Is on, it's yeah. pretty terrible. I mean, it's, it's not a good <laughs> movie, but but in terms of like awesomeness from the 80s oh, yeah. slashers, it's there. I mean, and of course. You know, I didn't want to put in like Friday the Thirteenth, yeah, one, two, yeah. three, because yeah. it's just it's that would have been boring. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's predictable. Totally. No, I, I love that you did that, and it's funny. Before I knew that that you felt that you thought this way about because I know you said that it was uh, you picked it because a movie you actually really did like from the seventies. Before I knew that you felt that way, Jason and I were talking about the the article he had gotten it in and i said oh that kind of reminds me of there's one called the toolbox murders that i really liked when i was younger he goes oh yeah you know, you know jason piles mentioned that that was the one reason because <laughs> yep. in the 70s i was like oh okay that makes perfect sense <laughs> totally yeah yeah that's amazing. So i'm right there with you i get it i get it that's awesome and, and then of course you picked right. pieces which i don't know if i've ever told you that my story about pieces that i saw it at a sleepover with my two uh, best buddies at the time when i was 12 oh no <laughs> Oh, a double feature, by the way, uh, with that in Sleepaway Camp. Oh, wow. <laughs> so your life was changed that night. It really was. Um, well, actually, the next morning, too, because that's when we watched Pieces. That's how we, that's how we started the day. Wow. You know what I love is the that poster. That movie traumatized the <laughs> hell out of me. I love, I love that the movie poster, it's, it shows the woman with, you know, kind of stitched together with the title Pieces, and the tagline is, it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> oh, no. And I, I looked at Jason when he brought that up. I was like, no, they are not joking. <laughs> and, and what kills me is I, I'm afraid. It's one of the few movies that I'm actually afraid to revisit. Like, I, it's something seriously, I, I don't even want to look at a trailer of it. I saw the video box. Like, oh, God, I don't even I can't even look at it. It bothered oh, you, me that much. You got to see. It's fun. It's seriously fun. Now that you're an adult. You really? Because it just I, I my, think... my, my 12-year-old self is like, no. <laughs> no, it's super. It's super fun. I think you'll enjoy it. It's crazy, though. I mean, that that's a crazy slasher flick. So I yeah. recommend that anybody out there wants to check it out. Yeah, who can? Who has a really strong stomach? Is that <laughs> I do remember. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. So where can uh, where can folks find you at uh, online, Jason? Well, thank you for asking. I'd love it if you come and check me out at moviepodcastweekly.com. Every Monday, we review a brand new movie that's just released in theaters. So we'd love to have you. And by the time this episode comes out, I think our most recent episode will cover Paranormal Activity 4. And then the other thing is I cover that NBC TV show Revolution. <laughs> and it was supposed to be a, a I, I love that podcast. you I love that you couldn't even pause before you, no. you, you giggled about it. That's <laughs> guys, it was supposed to be a fan podcast that my wife and I were gonna like, you know, podcast about it. But no, it's terrible. I mean, we're basically hate podcasting on it. <laughs> you're hate cast, you're hate casting. Hate casting. It's hate terrible. Casting. I couldn't so, finish the first episode. I'm not even going to lie to you. I wanted to see it. I was like, oh, this would be cool. I like this kind of you know post-apocalyptic. But it's like, oh, it's Walking Dead and Jericho without the zombies or the conspiracy theory. And yes, yeah. yes. Well, I guess there's a conspiracy theory, but it just kind of felt repeated and done before. Yeah. And it tries to be lost. I mean, it tries to do so many things and fails. And But <laughs> you can hear our podcast about it, which I personally think is more entertaining than the show itself. And that's at podcastingrevolution.com. That's actually awesome. I love that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, man. No, it's our freaking pleasure. It was great. We'll have to have you on again. And uh, maybe we'll do a... We never actually covered Frozen. So, Brother. Yeah. Let's do it. I love that. I love Frozen and Jason Grooms. He needs an earful from me. Well, I though I probably get an earful from you as well because I believe you also liked uh, Buried. Oh yeah, you didn't like Buried. It, it annoyed me. He was an idiot. It, it, it was. It wasn't. I loved the conceit of the movie. My issue with Buried really came down to, okay, okay. Spoiler alert. Uh, you, you, there's there's a snake in here. So how best to deal with this? No, not crush it with my boot. To take lighter fluid. <laughs> <laughs> or who knows whiskey was it whiskey or something yet like alcohol i know it was something alcohol based right take alcohol and like you know and then and then and i got all over my legs and and then yes yeah lighter to see what the snake's doing yeah that's brilliant here here's the thing you guys i mean this is the same thing with frozen um buried open water i love all those kind of films i love any film where it's a perishable situation. Yes, I do too. I typically like those kind of movies as well. Yeah, where the characters are in this situation where the, you know they're in danger, but the longer they're in that situation that they can't escape from, the more peril and the more deadly it becomes. That's incredible to me. I love I th- it. I think the only catch to those movies is, is that it is a fine line between them being in you know peril that is you know the environment and the world around them and maybe the dynamics of the relationships versus they're just idiots. And you're like, right. why? Like, I felt like with Frozen, I can't believe we're going here. I, I felt okay. like with Frozen, <laughs> and, that, and then we'll wrap it up, that that at least the, the quote-unquote dumb crap they did, like, I could see some 20-something-year-old kid jumping, thinking, oh, I'll make it, I'll make it, you know, and panicking. I could see that. It was dumb, but I could see it. Whereas with something like Buried, I'm like, okay, you're in a box with a snake. There, You know, you're buried. You know you're underground, and you're going to... You know, why not? Why wouldn't you just kick it with your boot? I, I, I couldn't get past that. It drove me crazy. It was like one of those little things. It's just like, oh, you moron. Well, that makes sense. I mean, how did I mean, how would he know it wasn't poisonous? If he tried to kick it, what, why wouldn't it bite him? Oh, on yeah, the leg because or the as ankle? opposed to, I don't know, catching your legs on fire right. <laughs> and having well, all the I oxygen sucked out of the box from the flames. I think he thought that if he caught it on fire, he could distract <laughs> it long enough to smash its head and stamp out the fire. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. oh it does i mean if, if only he had a can of wd-40 <laughs> flamethrower 
End of story. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yes, well. indeed. Yes. So I guess you will hate on me for Buried and on Jason for Frozen. <laughs> I, I will fight both you guys over those movies. I love those movies. I love, you know what else I love? I love Open Water 2, Adrift. I think that movie's incredible too. I'm serious. What was That's the one, so yeah, hey Jason, uh, what was the one that I saw that you told me about? It, was, it wasn't bad. The one, it was Australian story supposedly based on truth. What was that called? It was one of those that you see on Netflix streaming and the poster looks totally hokey, but it actually it was wasn't similar, bad. It was Damn, similar to Open Water. Oh, man, oh are you talking about The Reef? Yes. Yes. Shark movie? Yes, the reef. I think yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but it was a uh it, it was still in that vein, you know. Is that the one where they had to swim for yes, yes. days to mm-hmm. the island or whatever? Yeah. I, yeah. I thought the tension in that was good though. I mean, you know. Right, right. See, I'm a sucker for shark movies. I even love Shark Attack Three Megalodon. Oh <laughs> yes. See Jason the Grooms, you like it for a whole other reason. Uh, did you see Shark Night three D? Oh yeah, totally. Dude, that's totally. awesome. I love shark movies. I just can't. I mean, that what's what's scarier than that? Being eaten alive. It would be horrific to be eaten alive. Oh, no, There's I agree. A terrible, terrible okay. lion movie called Prey. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that great, but still, it's like, oh, this is scary to me. Well, I well the, to me, one of the best in all all the Jaws movies, and I mean all of them, including the first one, the scariest moment to me, the one that got me the most and still does to this day, Jaws two. I think you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> the 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 flotilla of boats and, uh, the, and 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 the girls on there i believe it was with sean the the sean brody and she's right, slipping right. off she can't get back on Ooh, you yeah. know you remember what i'm talking about and she's like uh, yeah. slipping and oh oh yeah. and i think wow. that isn't that the one also with the uh the the prom queen or whatever she goes out with her boyfriend and he falls in the water isn't that that was that was in jaws too I think so. Yeah, because there wasn't one, so. yeah. So in where, you know, he ends up way away, and he sway, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. But uh, Jaws 4, the, I mean, you could ask me about Jaws the Revenge. Oh, yeah. But the, I, you I, I mean the Roaring cause... Shark? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. it roars. I, I shut that movie out of my mind. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I saw that in the theater, and it was so bad, the projector rejected it. <laughs> I will never forget that. It was the first movie I was ever in where it broke so many times they ended up saying, we, we quit, we're done, we'll give you rain checks, come back next weekend. <laughs> it, broke, it broke like eight times. They were like, done. Yeah. The projector couldn't even take it. I love it. Yeah, good stuff. So, Jason, would you yes, like sir. to... Well, sorry, wrong Jason. Uh, okay. Groomsy. <laughs> would you like to uh, hit him with some knowledge? <laughs> yes, check us out on ForgottenFlix.com. That's Flix with an S. Uh, X... Not an S, an X. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. Leave us a review, but only if we're not snarky. If you think we're snarky, then just turn us off and go to another podcast. Um, and uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook. We all we have both the uh, show site, which we have all the podcasts we put up on there, so you don't even have to leave Facebook to listen to us. Or you can join our shenanigans as we talk more movie stuff and trailers and all kinds of other uh, uh, paraphernalia on the group page. Uh, just send us a shout on Forgotten Flicks, and we will add you to that. Um, I think that's it. Did I say anything? Um, yeah. no, I think that was pretty much it. And, of course, thanks again, Mr. Piles. We greatly appreciate it. Love having you on, and we will do it again soon. Do uh, either of you have a, a final word, a final statement before your execution? I, I mean, before we're done. <laughs> I, I just have a question. Yes? 
What are you going to do with those pies, boys?